welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers got their first win. I am back, fresh from streaking all around my neighborhood. Narrowly avoided getting arrested. What a weird night for an odd Sunday before Halloween. Uh, Look, there's a lot of explaining to do here. Let's go ahead and get into it. The Lakers won. They beat a good Denver Nuggets team. They beat a Nuggets team that was playing with Michael Porter Jr. Uh, the Lake, The last time they played them, Denver did not have him. And it was some of what kind of concerned me with the whole like, well, the Lakers were competitive against Denver. Yeah, but he's a pretty big part of their team. Nope, none of that tonight. The Lakers beat them pretty handily uh, to earn their first win of the season. Russell Westbrook came off of the bench, bench, and I think the biggest story here so far is how he looked doing so and the commitment to doing winning things that that uh, he made as the Lakers got that first win. Uh, Anthony Davis, I thought, competed despite not, you know, clearly not being 100%. Uh, I, you know, LeBron, I thought, kind of coasted through the first half and it won't, for whatever reason woke up in the second half and, and the Lakers really kind of took care of business there. Um, even as Denver was shooting lights out, the Lakers went out there and dominated in the third quarter and then did enough to win uh, in the fourth. So uh, let's talk about Russ. So I'm going to start with like him and what he did in terms of basketball. But then I also like in the back of my head, because uh, my mind is a dark place, uh, there's something I can't quite get out of there. But just in terms of the basketball that that he played, I thought he was a lot more forceful, a lot more kind of you know he was Russ. He was that's the closest to Russ as we have seen really uh, from him, especially with LeBron and AD out there. Sure, there were times when those guys were hurt last year that Russ went out there and looked very good uh, because it was the kind of situation that he's more accustomed to. Uh, but I thought in this one he picked his spots. He competed defensively. Um, Now, he made a couple threes, uh, which is also great. That's something that he's really going to have to do. Um, I I thought some of the rotation decisions there were a little interesting, where instead of coming off of the bench for LeBron, he kind of sort of came in for Anthony Davis. And uh, I, I just don't know why that would be the direction that they go in there. Um, AD's back might have played a part in that as they kind of try to limit his minutes and 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 limit uh, the length of stretches where he's asked to carry the defense. But yeah, I would think that if you're bringing Russ off of the bench and you're asking him to run a second unit, having him do that with AD and basically building your bench offense around him and AD running pick and roll would seem to make the most sense. Uh, but what do I know? Uh, anyway, in in terms of like what it would look like if this miraculously worked out, this is essentially it. You know, he comes in. I still think he's playing a few too many minutes. Uh, I, I I would like to see some of that cut down and go to more guys like Troy Brown and, and more guys like Austin Reeves. It certainly helps that Kendrick Nunn appears to have played his way out of the rotation. And it also certainly helps that Patrick Beverly has also been awful. And thus, uh, Russ can assume those minutes as well. But at some point, one of those two guys, I think, has to to play better. And if and when they do, I think some of those minutes might, you know, wind up coming at Russ's, um, he would have to sacrifice some of those minutes. 
Speaking of sacrifice, though, there's just something nagging me. So Russ, committed to doing the small things, focused and, and, and competed defensively. Um, you know, we even saw him run a pick and roll with LeBron. I would like to see them invert that, but that would require him setting good hard screens and doing that. Um, you know, I just, he, he sacrificed and, and committed to what it takes for the Lakers to win and kudos to him for doing that. Here's the thing though. Both of these things can be true, are true. The only way that the Lakers can tangibly improve their roster right now is to trade Russell Westbrook. That said, the Lakers don't win last night without that version of Russell Westbrook. And uh, I don't know what to do with that. I legitimately don't. It's going to be something that I think about quite a bit. Um, I think one thing that I would feel a little uneasy about is the idea of asking him to continue to sacrifice with it just being known that the Lakers are just waiting for the right offer to come along and we'll ship him out as soon as that happens. Uh, I think eventually he might find a line that he's not willing to cross, or he might just say, all right, fine, enough of this. It doesn't even matter what I do here. You guys are trading me anyway. I may as well just be me until I'm gone. Um, I don't know how this is all going to go down. Last night was a lot of fun. For the most part, I just enjoyed that. But again, because my brain is annoying and because I am inherently annoying, I can't help but wonder about the juxtaposition of those two objectively true things that Russ is moving. Russ is the only way that the Lakers can meaningfully improve this clearly flawed roster. And also they don't beat a team like the Denver Nuggets without Russ committing to the role that he played last night. I guess we'll just have to see. Other good stuff from the game before I get into the thing that's going to make me a little annoyed and and a little angry. Um, I think AD, what AD is doing defensively requires a lot more attention. He has been incredible. Uh, I think some of this is uh, the system that that Darvin Ham has employed has uh, helped make up for some of the, (laughs) pardon the pun, Sh- where, where the Lakers come up short on this roster <laughs> is one way to put it. I, I think for what AD has to do to make the Lakers as good as they are defensively, it's just otherworldly. I don't know if it's sustainable. I don't think it's sustainable, but while we're seeing it, he has to get credit for it. He's been insane on that side of the court. It makes me like not care as much about his offense because what he's doing defensively is is just bonkers. But uh, yeah, I we aren't going to see this very often from very many players ever in our lifetimes, and just enjoy it and and look at the ways that he does it. And 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 I think for me, the way that it shows up most clearly is the times where his mere presence changes what a guard or what somebody driving into the paint would be interested in doing him just like being there makes them rethink an attempt at the rim him just being there makes them rethink a pass that would you know build on the advantage that they gained by getting into the position that they were in he just his just being anthony davis and being the pterodactyl that he is really affects what basketball like some of the best basketball players in the world are interested in even trying 
And that's just obscene. Also obscene, I thought, was the Lakers' approach to George Mikan's uh, jersey retirement. I, it's the right decision to make, to honor Mikan and what he did for the Lakers, what he's done for the sport of basketball. Um, he is a, a part of the Lakers' history, even if the Lakers have tried to ignore that, that history for the entirety of my lifetime. Uh, they also raised banners for the five championships won in, in Minneapolis. Uh, I thought that was a funny move, but whatever. You know, they are, if they're going to count them, when they talk about their 17 rings, then those banners have to also fly in uh, the money laundering arena. But uh, what I didn't appreciate and what I think is like objectively the wrong thing to do here was Jeannie Buss not being present at all for the thing. And, you know, it's clearly because she and the Lakers know that as soon as she steps foot publicly out there, that she's going to get booed um, for the way that the season started. Remember, this happened before they won their game last night. So the vibes around the team weren't great. Uh, but this is the kind of thing that, like, she she claims to want accountability. She said it to Rich Eisen um, after she tried to tell him off for a misogynistic question that wasn't misogynistic, uh, she claims to want accountability. She claims to be the person who has to answer for mistakes that are made by the Lakers. This time, it was her making the mistake. And the reason she made that mistake is because she didn't want that accountability that comes with being the face of the franchise and and the face of of management um yes there is an explanation for it she could say that she doesn't want to go out there and be the story on a night that is honoring george mikan fine i guess uh but she's the story now <laughs> it's not like it's not like nobody noticed that she wasn't there it's not like you know it, 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 no, 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 look, another possible explanation is that she had a very viable reason for why she wasn't there. Um, it, 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 she might have literally been busy with something that came first here um, because real life does happen. So given that I don't know what was going on there, I can't necessarily go so far out there and, and kill her for not being there, not knowing the full context. But if the math that they were doing here was... Rob is not going to be out there. Jeannie is not going to be out there. We're going to throw James Worthy out there to honor somebody who you should have honored a long time ago. Uh, that's just shitty. That's just the wrong thing to do there. And and it's a real bummer because, again, it kind of showcases the inconsistency here where you can claim that you want to be held accountable and you can claim that you are just as frustrated as everybody else for the predicament that the Lakers find themselves in, but you're not doing anything to address the problems that led to this predicament. And you're not answering, you know, listening to the music when you have to. Um, and, and those two things, those two messages to the fan base are, are extremely not great. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown podcast. Plenty of content coming out of this game. Hani and Jacob on Can You Dig It are, are going to break it down and, and talk about what they noticed from the game. 
I was on Spaces with Raj right after the game, and and we had a fun conversation about some of the things that he loved uh, from it and what he thinks the Lakers might be able to build on moving forward. Um, And then uh, a little later today, I'm not going to give away the guest because I don't want to jinx it, but it is somebody who I really enjoy talking basketball with. Um, It is a conversation that you're going to want to uh, listen to, and, and it'll kick off yet another week of us covering this wacky and wild Lakers season as we know it to be thus far. So until then, and until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.